Hey, welcome back to Female Founder World. We're the place to meet your business besties online and IRL. I'm Jasmine. I'm the host of the show. I'm very nasal today. I'm sorry. I'm coming off the back of this just really shitty head cold and cough, but I didn't want to delay for a week. So I've just recorded through it. And I hope it's not annoying. I kind of think that I just sound like more Australian, if that's possible. But I hope it's not annoying or distracting for you guys. Today, I have something a little bit different. So normally on the show, I'll bring on an entrepreneur, a founder who's building a really big business, usually, you know, e-com or a consumer brand of some sort. We've had some tech founders on the show as well. But today... I am diving into all things TikTok with Coco Moco. She's a trend forecaster. She really specializes in pop culture, celebrity creators and brands. And TikTok is her platform. She has nearly a million followers there. And she talks a lot about like what's hitting, what's not hitting and where she thinks the platform's going in the future. So I just think she's the perfect person to kind of help you shape your 2023 TikTok strategy because she's really looking ahead at where the platform is going. I found it super helpful. You know, we're really focused on TikTok at Female Founder World at the moment. This is a big part of our Q4 strategy. So I wanted to speak to a pro like quite selfishly and figure out what the hell should we be doing. And I hope that you find the conversation as helpful as I did. And if you're a regular listener, you know, I'm about to ask you to drop a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a really, really important way of really getting us in front of new audiences, helping us find sponsors and getting us up on those podcast charts. And it just makes me really happy when I see your feedback come in. So thanks for everyone who's done that. And if you haven't, it just takes a couple of minutes and you can do it in your podcast app. Okay, let's get into the show. You are now entering Female Founder World with your host, Jasmine Grindsworthy. Coco, welcome to Female Founder World. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan myself. Okay, we have so much to talk about, but for folks who aren't familiar with you, you have nearly 900,000 followers on TikTok. You're known as this like crystal ball of pop culture trend prediction. How did you get started in this space? Yes, that is such a good question because I feel like a huge misconception is that people think I'm more on the fashion side, but I actually work nine to five in media in LA. So I got into it because my first job ever in LA was working at this one company called Famous Birthdays, which I actually love, but it's a website where they first started listing celebrity ages. And then we really became this like Gen Z mecca where a lot of YouTubers and TikTokers would come in for interviews. And so I was doing that and I realized that I was good at predicting things when, and most of it too, is just looking for patterns of like what's Mm -hmm. successful what people are getting tired of and what is the opposite of what they're tired of. But when I was at Famous Birthdays, they would let us invite people in if we thought they were going to be big. And there was one girl I invited in who had like 50,000 followers at the time. And I was like, I just feel like she's going to be big. She came in. It ended up being Charlie D'Amelio. And we were her first ever interview. And Casual. Yeah, we were her first ever interview. And uh, we I mean, the videos were getting I think there's one with like 40 million views on YouTube. Wow. Videos were just blowing up. And we were like, I remember at first they thought that maybe there was something wrong with the algorithm on TikTok and YouTube. (laughs) But then we just realized that these TikTokers were who people cared about. So I really honed my skills there by just bringing in people that I thought would be big and then they would blow up. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm good at that. And from there, Mm -hmm. I got asked to come. I applied for like 
a fellowship intern at BuzzFeed and I actually didn't get that job. But then they asked me later, they were like, do you actually want to come over here and run our TikTok? So now, so that's where I went over to BuzzFeed, did a lot of like consulting and everything. And that was where I honed my skill for predicting things because that's basically my job is just people or brands or creators will at like, I just have to be in meetings all day doing that kind of stuff. So I never thought that people on TikTok would care about it. Like I always thought it was like an accountant talking about math. I'm like, no one (laughs) cares about this marketing, like media trending stuff, but they ended up actually caring, which was really cool. That is very cool. Okay. So what are some of the other things that you've predicted that were right? Another prediction that I thought was really like interesting was when I started this new series about like, I started late August. It's been just a little over a month. It's been wild to see just like the growth and stuff. But I made a video where basically Kylie Jenner was getting a lot of hate for filming a video in her car. And I was kind of like, I actually think this is like, I was like, one, she's kind of been filming in her car since Snapchat. But I was like, I actually think it's more strategic than we realize. Um, I was like, not only do I think celebrities are trying to be more relatable now, but I think that more celebrities are going to start filming um, like almost commercial like videos, but in their car. Cause it feels more real than in a studio with like fancy lights and stuff. And I was like, I think that, uh, yeah, so more celebrity car videos are going to get big. And I think the next day or the day after that video went viral, Kylie was like, Hey guys, I'm starting a new series called Kylie in the car. Where huh. I'm going to be reviewing my products from the car. And then she started talking about her lip kits. So everyone was tagging me. I'm like, I don't think that I necessarily like gave anyone the idea. I think I just saw the writing on the wall. And then since then, people always tag me in celebrity videos where they're in their car, like Jessica Alba. There's, I mean, it's not anything new, like it had been happening, but that was just one of those instances where I think that I just like saw the dots connecting right before it actually was a full picture. That is such a skill to be able to do that. Can I just say that is not an easy thing. And it's like (laughs) such an intangible, like, I don't know, to be able to connect the dots that other people can't see. What do you think, like, what is it about you innately or the content that you're consuming that allows you to draw those connections? I think so much of it is, one, I was always just obsessed with why masses of people cared about certain celebrities or certain brands and, like, why certain things blew up and some didn't. I remember even in middle school, I'm like, why are, like, there's this one shoe brand called Tom's Shoes And they would, like, if you bought a pair, they would also give a pair to someone in need. Mm -hmm. And I was just, like, obsessed with that branding. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like, like, that's why they're blowing up and others aren't. And so I was always, like, really just into that stuff. Even in middle school, I was, like, on MySpace and, and everything, like, those apps. And then as it went on, so I think so much of it is just the way that I use social media isn't always, like, for entertainment. I more so use it because I just am looking for patterns. Like I always say, so much of predicting is just looking at patterns and Mm -hmm. seeing like where something's going to progress. So for me, I think, and I think some of it too is maybe just like, I don't know. I don't, I feel like it's weird to call yourself emotionally intelligent, but just being able to study people and certain personality types. And like, it's, it's really like people and groups of people are often very predictable. And usually like celebrities or brands are just like the most front facing of a group of people. Do you do anything to like get yourself in a headspace or how do you prep when you're creating a video? What's what's the process? I actually noticed that my videos do worse when I like script it out and everything. Mm. And I 
am really rigid. I'll always make sure I'm doing research and everything, but I actually try to sleep on it. And then, or unless it's like a last minute thing, sometimes those are also the ones that go really viral, but I don't have a ton of prep unless I'm trying to get certain research in. But other than that, I actually try to not put pressure on myself. Like when I'm going to bed every night, like, okay, I need to have three video ideas for tomorrow. I actually just say, I'm like, I, as long as I'm on the for you page, I'm going to find inspiration and cool things to talk about. So I don't have a ton of prep. And I actually noticed that I think the audience can tell when I feel robotic. So if anything, like the most prep I'll do is I'll usually just get a piece of paper and I'll write down bullet points that I want to hit, but I try not to write sentences out verbatim because then that's when the video does bad because I'm like, they can tell I'm like reading off a paper and it's not, it's not genuine. Do you have any tools that you use? So like, you know, are you filming in the TikTok app? Are you using other apps on your phone? Do you have certain lighting that you use? Like what what kind of stuff are are you using to create the content? I mainly do use the TikTok app unless I've done a few vlogs that have gone viral and I use just like Splice um, and then Mm -hmm. I did a voiceover. I actually like to keep it pretty relaxed in terms of how I film. I actually have like an idea where I'm like one day I want to patent some sort of like phone case for creators. That's like Mm -hmm. a little built in tripod. So because I literally lean my phone up against like a water bottle or a mirror on my desk. I just lean my phone up on something and sometimes I'll use this mic, which people, it's kind of become a meme of my audience. They think it's like a hamster sometimes. I'm like, no, it's my (laughs) mic. They're like, what is she holding? But other than that, like I don't have a ring light or anything. And I know for some high quality videos, like you definitely should. And I'm all for high quality. But what I've actually noticed on the back end is being someone who consults a lot of creators is what people come up to is like they're, I always tell them I'm like the best storytellers or creators like they can film a video on like an old razor phone in a cardboard box about grass growing and if they're a good storyteller it's Mm. gonna do well it's gonna translate maybe not the first time but you'll eventually figure it out but I noticed that the people that struggle are the ones who like are so obsessed with having like they order all these ring lights and they order all these microphones and they order and I'm like just make a good video like the audience doesn't care that you have 10 ring lights set up from Amazon Uh like they just want a really good video and so I try to keep it bare bones because I just know that whenever too much gets involved is that sometimes when I feel like people they feel a lot, a lack of control around how well the video is going to do numerically. So they obsess over like, but I, but I put a lot of effort into the right ring light. So it was successful in some way. I'm like, just focus on getting videos out and let the audience tell you which one was good. A lot of the people listening to the podcast are building consumer brands. We've got a lot of e-commerce businesses. Some of them built these businesses on TikTok. Some of them just haven't quite hit on TikTok yet. And Mm -hmm. as someone who's really embedded in this space, why do some consumer brands blow up and most of them don't? I think that part of it is... For so so long, I know me, I studied marketing and media in college and and what worked previously was these advertisement type videos that are very like text on screen, say everything you need to say, like very clean cut. And I think now people enjoy more of like this anti-branding where sometimes 
they don't even mention the product in the video. They don't even say the name of the company in the video. Like if people like the video, they're going to see your handle and see Mm -hmm. the company name in the handle. And so I think that what a lot of brands fail is that they're very, very rigid, which is like normal because that's what we're taught to be. Consumers, especially Gen Z and Gen Alpha, which like they're the ones right under Gen Z, they grew up like with iPads. So they can sense when something feels too markety, like corporate-y from a mile away. So they're smart. And so I always say go anti-branding. You know, if, if your company name is in your handle or your bio and you make a good video, people are going to like look it up. Like they're, they're going to be interested in you. And then also the other thing is... I notice it with small brands as well, but really everyone does this, is they just copy what's trendy. And I know trends are like big and stuff, but I always say like, even on TikTok, you know, people are going to follow you or like buy your product because you're doing something that's so different that they can't find it anywhere else. Like people aren't going to like your video about your new perfume if they saw five perfume videos that were exactly the same, like that's, it's just repetition. So I always tell people, I'm like, do something like, don't pay so much attention to trending audio and trending. Like if you're too fixated on trends, you're always going to be three steps behind everyone else. Mm. Spend a week where you don't post one trend video. And all you do is you just film videos that are like just ideas you came up with yourself that are just something that you enjoyed making, not that you felt like you had to make because it was a trending audio that day. I think brands fixate too much on trends and being like everyone else, but people on TikTok fall or just any platform follow you because you're doing something that's different. So I think, I think because of the virality of TikTok and the emphasis on trends on TikTok more than any other platform, people have lost touch with also needing to be unique And that's where a lot of these dead ends come up for people. Do you think that there are any brands that you've seen that are doing a particularly great job that you point to as examples of like, hey, like this is a good example of someone who is creating great TikTok content? One of the brands that I really have been loving, it's called Selkie and they're these dresses. Love Um, that brand. Those dresses are so fun. They're so cute. I know. I feel like they're really good because you can tell they've just created this fantasy world within their brand. And like, that's also part of it is people don't want to just buy a product. Like if they're buying something that's from a new brand, that's not like Kellogg's that they're already familiar with and grew up with. It's because not only do they like the product, but now they feel like they're identifying within a, a group that's bigger than them. Like people want to feel like they're a part of something that's bigger than themselves. So the brands that can create almost these like worlds where people enter and they feel like they're a part of a community. I think Selkie does that really well. Like all of their videos feel like you're watching this fantasy. And sometimes I think they do trending audio. I know I follow them, but for the most part, the videos I see on my feed that go viral, like they're just doing their own thing. And it's like a video that someone would post like in the Victorian era if TikTok Mm. existed. Like you can tell it's like they've created this world. And I think that they're a great brand to look to in terms of like, and and I always say the niche you go, the quicker you grow. Like you can tell their brands, they just went very niche and their dresses are very niche, but that's the reason they're so popular. They're not trying to make leggings and make 
and make mm-hmm. eyeliner and make everything that's trending at the moment. They're just making what's true to them. A lot of the founders that I speak with are kind of saying, hey, like TikTok has shifted a lot in the last few months. It's changing so quickly all the time. How has TikTok changed in the last few months and where do you think it's going? Yes. Okay. So I actually think that one, I think TikTok is moving away from having like trending audios be what's the biggest thing on the platform. So I have a tin hat theory. It's not confirmed. Like I'm not sure. And TikTok has never said this to me, but my theory and just in conversations I have is that I think TikTok's trying to lean into longer form content. One, why they made the 10 minute feature a thing, but I think that they want to find a way to monetize the way YouTube has. Like Mm -hmm. TikTok's biggest problem right now is that there's no way to really monetize except people buying sponsored posts every now and then. But I think that they are going to start rewarding creators and brands who can make longer videos. So then eventually they could put like mid-roll ads on those videos. Or I always say like live streaming, which I know is very scary for people, but I just think that anything that's longer form, I yeah, like trending audios, I don't think are as important anymore. And I think the reason people are struggling is they keep relying on trending audios. But I think TikTok knows that if they want to eventually put ads on videos, that no one's going to watch a 30 second ad for a 10 second video, but they might watch a 30 second ad for a three minute video. I think that TikTok right now is rewarding people who are making some longer videos, but I always say don't do it fully. Like I still do minute videos because I want to post them on like YouTube and Instagram reels and those platforms haven't caught up. But I think, yeah, just the longer style. But I know again, obviously that's harder for certain brands, like figuring out something that they can talk about for more than three minutes, but maybe aligning with creators or when they reach out to creators, people that are making longer videos. And then that could be a way for them to test what their audience might like in the future. Smart. I'm really interested in what you're saying about live streaming just then, because there are so many, Mm -hmm. you know, aside from TikTok kind of leaning into that, there are a lot of other live streaming apps that are like shopping apps that are popping up now. A a lot of beauty apps are really focused on live streaming. It's so interesting, this shift towards live streaming and and selling. What are you seeing happening on TikTok in this space? And, And like, tell me more about people you think that are doing it well. I actually always say to like if American or Western media wants to know what's next always look to what's happening in like the Asian media space because they're Mm -hmm. always a few years ahead of everyone in fact TikTok is I think a Chinese company originally so I know that there's a lot of live streaming that's happening there and I think people think when they hear live streaming they think that it's like They have to put a GoPro on their head and it's like their entire life. I'm like, no, you can be super intentional. Like it can just be an hour out of your week. In terms of shopping, I've seen a lot of trends and it's actually something that's big with um, influencers in Asia and it's starting to creep over where they will actually go into a store. I'm guessing they get permission from them or it's like a, a collaborative thing. And they're actually just live streaming themselves, like looking at purses and stuff. And their audience is telling them which one to buy. Mm. Or I like this one is so specific, but I always see this live stream pop up where I don't know if it's someone who owns like a wig store, but they just have like the wigs behind them. And like the audience is just telling them like which wig to put on. (laughs) Like it's so random, but I think for even for brands, if they have like a lot of inventory, if they just go like even the founder or whoever just goes live from their bedroom with like their big cardboard box and they're just showing it to like their audience and having their audience tell them what they really like and what they should make more of or what they would buy. I'm definitely seeing the rise of influencers. 
um, not it hasn't made it fully mainstream to the U.S. yet, but where they're going into these stores and then filming themselves like in the store and then t- having the audience tell them what to get. In terms of like specific live streamers or creators, I can't think of anyone who's doing like the shop. Of course, I I see the the wig like people that do wigs. I guess just more so people are interested in like. I always say with live streaming, it doesn't have to be entertainment. It can be companionship. Like people Mm -hmm. just, they don't want you to tap dance and to sing and to skydive all in like 30 minutes. They just want to hear a voice on screen. So there's actually two people that are really blowing up right now. One of them is, I believe her name is Jemima June, and I've talked about her in a viral video, but she just puts her phone on live stream and she's a bartender. So she's just bartending for hours and her phone is live streaming and she goes so viral. She was even on Jimmy Fallon. So I think people are just interested in watching other people work, especially yeah. because, yeah. And I even say, I'm like, being an influencer isn't novel anymore. Like, it's not new yeah. and exciting to move to LA and like become an influencer. Like, it's they've seen it be done so many times. So now audiences are interested in people doing normal things, even if you're like someone who owns an e-commerce business. If you just live stream in the corner of your desk while you're like, you know, unboxing your new merch or something. And you don't even have to acknowledge the camera the entire time. I think that would be interesting. That's really interesting, that idea of companionship, not not just entertainment, um, mm-hmm. as being the way to think about live streaming. One creator and, and brand that I follow and she's in our community is Kiki's Cosmetics. And she live streams herself basically filling her lip gloss tubes and she'll, you know, chat with oh, folks while she's doing that. that. And I think she's built up like nearly a million followers and she's she's live, I would say, like pretty much every day. But she's a good oh person, gosh. I think, for people to look up if they're like trying to get some inspiration about how to do this as a consumer brand, for sure. I love that. Yes, I'll have to look it up. How do you spell it? It's K-E-K-E? It's or? K- no, K-I-K-I-Z and then Cosmetics. Okay. You'll find her. So people are talking about like TikTok leaning into being more of a search platform. They They... Have now have more characters in the captions that you can have. How are you thinking about that? Do you think that that's going to be like change the content that we see on TikTok or the way that creators are making their content or not so much? TikTok is just so trend heavy, but I think that with the rise of this like search engine optimization and basically just making your captions like what people would be Googling, mm-hmm. I think that they're leaning into more evergreen, which anyone who doesn't know what evergreen is, it's content that isn't like breaking news or timely. Like if you make a video about Christmas, that's not evergreen. But if you make a video about how to do winged eyeliner, that's evergreen because people will be looking it up 10 years from now. So I think with SEO, they're doing it so that they can compete with Google because people are now like, there's like that rise of people who are using TikTok to search versus Google. I know I have, like, I've been like how to X, Y, Z on TikTok. So thinking about your content when you're wanting to lean into search engine optimization, not so in like, oh, this is a trend right now. This audio is trending because no one's going to look up that audio in a week once like they're, it, they've seen it. Think of your content and like, what is my brand? Like say I make eyeliner. What is like three things about eyeliner that people will be looking up even 10 years from now? How to do winged eyeliner, how to put eyeliner on your lash line, or like how to take eyeliner off, whatever that is, and make those videos, put that in your caption. And then 
you might not see the video go viral right away, but eventually your video is going to be the one that comes up when people start searching it over time. So I always say like with the search engine optimization and longer captions, definitely lean into evergreen. Is it something that a person will look up in five to 10 years from now? Then that's a good video. Again, like I I know it seems like I keep saying it and like the title of Trend Forecaster, it's ironic that I'm like, don't pay attention to trends. <laughs> like think about how you can add value five days from now, five weeks from now, five years from now. I think there was a, like, a study that actually Google released where they said that oh, more Gen Z are searching yeah. are searching on TikTok than, than Google. And so like yes. you can understand TikTok saying that and being like, oh, yeah, okay, so we should definitely be leaning into search. That's how folks are using us. It just makes sense. And what you were saying mm-hmm. there about the mix of adding value, evergreen content, this is literally the same strategy that media companies have been doing for all of time, we're just applying it to a Mm -hmm. new platform and a new format in terms of video right now. Like media companies have forever been doing a mix of SEO content that will forever drive traffic Mm -hmm. with a mix of like trending news content or whatever is going to be searchable or hit like that day. So that's just what people have been doing since forever. And we're just applying this to a new platform. I think that you can like easily study what media companies were doing 20 years ago and actually like take a lot of lessons and learn and apply it to a new platform like TikTok for sure. Yes. Yeah. I always say like, you know, if, if a video or whatever is genuinely good, like it will transcend platforms, it will transcend Mm -hmm. time. Like it is still going to be a good video in 10 years from now. And I I feel like part of what happened and why brands are second guessing themselves now is like, it just got lost in translation because everyone's like, okay, there's a new trending audio. Like there's a new, you have to be on the trends. Like, and so brands are like, oh wait, we're, we're behind. And I'm like, no, just like lean into what you like, what is good about your product? Why do people want to use it? Like what problem is it solving? And why will someone still be using it five years from now? And like, think about it like that. When you think about brands or creators going viral, why are some folks able to convert that into building a following and building a community and other accounts go viral and literally their follower account doesn't change? Like what is with that? Yes. So I think that the number one factor in converting followers is people that make repetitious content like series, playlists, being known for something. Like some of the biggest people on TikTok, like They're known for something and you just have to trust that you're creative enough that you can lean into a niche and keep finding new ways to do it because Mm. the reason that some or like a brand will go viral and then it won't convert is because the audience is going to follow you because you've set an expectation either through the caption, through the video, through a pinned comment. I always say comments are better real estate than a caption. Always pin a comment if you need people to do something. Yes. I'm like, people care more about what's in a comment than a caption, but set the expectation that that person can come back to your profile every day, every few days, and they're going to see something similar from you because audiences get hundreds, if not maybe thousands of videos on their feed a day, just scrolling, depending on how fast they scroll, that when they see a familiar face, they want to feel some comfort. Like if they see a familiar face who they liked their video last week because they were an amazing tap dancer and now that person comes on their feed and like they're, you know, trying to be the next 
Gordon Ramsay, like it's going to be a little bit confusing and the audience, they might eventually follow that person once they get their groove. But right away, they're going to be like, I don't know what I can expect from them. So I'm not mm. going to subscribe until I know what I'm subscribing to. And like, so of course, people should be creative and do new things, but especially if they're newer, but always try to find a way to serialize your content. Like, what is something that you could talk about every single day and not get tired of it? Because I promise there's people out there that want to hear about it. So yeah, I think the people that convert followers, it's because they figured out something that they're good at and they leaned into it. Like for me, I say it in my videos, like the second clip of my videos, I'll always be like, hi, I'm Coco and I work in media and like, this is why you should listen to me. And some people like always comment, not always, but every now and then I'll get a comment that's like, I hate the intro. But then other people are like, no, we love it. And I always notice the videos go viral and convert more followers mm. when I have that intro. And I think it's because when it gets exposed to new people, they're understanding like, what does this girl make content about? What is she doing? And then it's up to them to decide, do I want to see media trends every day? No, not going to follow her or yeah. And then they follow me. So yeah, I think being repetitive is something that helps people grow a following. Really smart. And for people who want to see what your content format is like, we've obviously linked your TikTok account in our show notes. So folks can just go and check it out if they don't follow you already. I feel like in the business space, there is so much... There's like a really fine line between being helpful and building community and being spammy and coachy on TikTok in kind of that <laughs> business space. And it's it's something that I've like definitely shied away from. And I think not just necessarily business, but I think for people who are listening to the pod, I think in like every category, there's like that, I don't know, there can be that tendency towards that, that spammy kind of vibe that people are, are yes. really afraid of jumping on TikTok for. How can people avoid that kind of icky feeling when they're creating content? Yes, I totally noticed that. And there's a few like people that make content like me that I enjoy, but I actually try to like avoid it because one, I never want to like make content that's too familiar to anyone else or similar. But also in terms of like the coachy versus just making a genuinely good video, yeah, it's always like I like to say show, don't tell. And I think where these business coaches go wrong is one, they're usually just repeating each other because they're like, well, this guy's video went viral. I'm going to say the same thing, but like yell louder and faster. <laughs> and like, it's more like instead of saying, okay, this is what you need to be doing to become a millionaire. Okay. People have heard that whatever, like if they really wanted to know how to be a millionaire, they'll just Google it. Instead, make a video saying like show, don't tell. This is someone who became a millionaire in three years. This is what they did. This is how I think they did it. Like breaking down and analyzing businesses or people that you admire, I think adds more value than just yelling like strategies at people that they've already heard. And it gives them something tangible, like the audience. It also takes the pressure off the audience to be like, oh my gosh, like now I have to mm. use this advice they just gave me. Like, I'm so stressed. Like, I feel bad if I don't. Like, there's a lot of pressure that comes from those videos that are like, this is how you're going to get a million followers today. Like, do this, do this, do this. Instead, let the audience be more of a voyeur and watch it from a third perspective and be like, oh, this is a brand that grew. They do something kind of similar to me. And I'm enjoying this video by this creator or this brand. Your glass ceiling is who you talk about. So like if you want to be someone who's associated with Forbes, you think that's an amazing magazine and you want to be featured in them, talk about 
Forbes, talk about why they're successful, talk about people they featured and why you think Forbes specifically featured them or like their creator list they put out. Like, why does Forbes do that list? What makes it interesting? So yeah, show, don't tell, like you don't have to yell advice at people. Just talk about things that you think are interesting, your theories on why it worked and people might take, you know, they might find more value in that than feeling the pressures on themselves to now do it that day in that moment. Oh my God, Coco, you are so smart. Thank you so much for chatting <laughs> with me today. I can't believe I have to end this episode. I could literally talk to you all afternoon. <laughs> but yeah, I know, I'm advice and congrats on all of your success so far. <laughs> and for people who aren't following you, where can they find you all over the internet? Yeah, so you can find me Coco Moco. And I actually just like, I'm starting to post longer videos on YouTube now. Okay. So I just did a video on what I think the Try Guys should do next. So if y'all are interested, Coco Moco, just if you search it on whatever platform you enjoy using, then you'll maybe find me. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to that episode of Female Founder World with Coco Moco. All of those links and the TikTok accounts that she's mentioned have been included in the show notes. So I've just made it really easy for you guys to like continue your TikTok deep dive. I hope that's super helpful. If you want to come to one of our future events, we mentioned these in the podcast today. We are really, really leaning into this event format. We're doing these micro events twice a month. So far, you guys are loving them. We do one in New York every month and one in another city. If you want to find out about it, you do need to follow us on TikTok. That's where we're announcing them at the moment. We're at Female Founder World and it is first in best dressed. Our events are free to attend. We have incredible speakers, amazing food and beverages. We always pop up in a really cute space. They're really high value and totally free to attend, like I just said, but you need to get your name on the list because they do kind of fill up usually within 24 hours after we announce the event, particularly in New York. So if you want to find out about those, go and follow us on TikTok at Female Founder World and follow me at Jazz Gunsworthy. All right, I'll chat with you next week. Bye.